podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Now, this is the Champions League final, isn't it? Today, yeah. the Champions League final special that we're doing today. But it would be remiss of us not to talk about the championship playoff final yesterday. Yeah. I am a Derby County supporter, as you all well know by this point. Uh, I, was, I was there. I felt uh, for you. Did you? My, brother's, my brother lives in Derby. He's a Derby. He's a, he's a proxy a Derby fan, but also just the enormity of that match and you having to... I know how excited you were when you bought the tickets and the, the, the promise of the, the Premier League, but I don't want to start in too dire. Yeah, why are you saying... Don't... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm still reeling a little bit. Um, Mike Lee. Mike Lee is our, our guest today. Mike, Hello. From nice the Spurs show. From I the Spurs add. show. Did you see the playoff final yesterday? Uh, I watched um, some of it. I was, okay. I was with the kids. I was sort of dipping in and out. I kind of had a feeling that Derby might do it. Yeah. Because they kind of weren't expected to. And I thought, was well, taught later, it's been the sort of season of the weird comebacks and the weird results. It has. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, a couple of poor goals, weren't they? The first one, the head of the defender just watched him. Yeah. And it was just a bit... This is what's frustrating, is yeah. the narrative since the game has been that Villa deservedly won it. And you can make that argument, by all means, but they are very, very avoidable goals, both of them. The first one, yeah. Omar... I keep calling it Omar Bogle. Jaden Bogle. Mm. Omar Bogle's ex isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Jaden Bogle, uh, at right back, he's 18 years of age. He switched off for a yeah. split second, lost his man, and, and they scored. The second one, I don't know if you can classify that as a howler. The, the Kel Roos, maybe you can... And uh, to, to, to not go through as a result of that is disappointing. But I thought the last half an hour, mm. once we made a few changes... Oh, it was great. And, and I think that is testament actually to the players that came on, but also it's a little bit of a problem there for Lampard. He's, I think that will haunt him a little bit. That team selection seemed to be very negative, seemed to be there to contain Villa. Was it Mason Mount on the bench? Did he no, start? Mason Mount started, Sorry, but it was, uh, was Mason Bennett started Bennett. up front. Yeah. And, came on. And so Marriott came on. And Wagner came Marriott. on, made a difference. Yeah. Well, when you're stretching teams with a player like yeah. Marriott, who can, who's got that, he plays on the last shoulder and he, he, can, he can just get in behind you. And he, he makes sure people like Mings, who are outstanding at that level as centre-backs, he, he keeps them occupied. Something and once you're stretching the team, yeah. then yeah. Mason... Mason Mount and, and Harry Wilson are the likes of them. They can they can work in the spaces. Do you think another ten minutes you could have done something? I think another five minutes we could have uh. done something. Uh, but it was just a little bit a little bit too late. I think Lampard will have nightmares about that. When was um, the last time Derby were in the Premier League? How long has it been now? <laughs> Come on, mate. It's nasty. You turn can't up, do that. You turn I mean, that's. <laughs> no, I generally can't remember. It. So two seven. So I think twelve we years, twelve yeah. seasons. Yeah. Wow. So it's been. A, so there's a generation of, of Derby supporters who yeah. only know us as a. As, uh, sort of whipping boys of the Premier League. And they forget that there was a time, late 90s, where you know, we finished 7th, ninth. we were a decent oh, Premier Steve League. Oh, your Saunders, your Gabby Adinis. No, yeah. after that, this is, this is we're talking one shot, we're talking Bayano, we're talking Asanovic, Poom. Well, you remember the world before the Premier League, Derby, were, you know, we won it. Yeah, yeah. it was 1974. Dave Mackay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. gone back. Finally, someone who yeah. appreciates Derby's history. <laughs> Moving on. No, I can't move on. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's on a roll. I know. I just disappointed. It's ne- it, it's to raw. be honest, this, this, it's raw. It, it is raw, but it's not. It's not like it was after the Zamora final. Well, that that had that real impactful. Well, that has crushed my soul for I the mean, next I ten used years. To, I used to play against Bobby Zamora. That shows you how bad that is. That's you played against him many, many times. When he's at Brighton, Bristol Rovers. Who were you playing for? That Plymouth Argyle mainly, but then maybe Torquay as well. But yeah, played against him many, many times. Did he stand out at, at that level? Mm. 
No, it's the same as Dave Kitson at that level. Played against Kitson and just kind of came through and were effective players. And then, to be fair to Zamora, then developed it and and moved on. But yeah, I can imagine why that would have stuck in your craw a wee bit. I don't dislike Bobby Zamora, but it was just an absolute... Let's not talk about that. Right, let's move on. All right. Um, Let's move on to um, our first of the European finals this week. Uh, Of course, in Baku, which has Mm. been derided all week and you know, home of football rightly so <laughs> yeah, the second Wembley they call it the Eastern Wembley uh, Baku first of all uh, I mean Mike you're, you're going to be in Madrid for the Champions League yes um, and thank god it's not Baku yeah I mean how's your experience been compared to what it sounds like it's been for the Baku guys it, it, it's been crazy because the amount of Tottenham and Liverpool fans that want to go to Madrid so hotels what are normally sort of 50, 60 quid a night, four, 500 quid a night, mm. direct flights, about a thousand pounds. So it's cost people a lot of money, but Arsenal, Chelsea fans are going to back you. There's less flights. You need the visa. Lots of Arsenal, Chelsea fans who are diehard can't be asked, forget yeah, about yeah, it, not yeah. going. It's, I mean, there's something a bit galling if you're, I assume most Arsenal Chelsea fans are from London. <laughs> they could have played the game at Wembley, yeah. and they're all <laughs> travelling thousands of miles to go to, go to Baku. is is utterly bizarre. And the whole Mkhitaryan thing. There was today on Twitter. There were some Arsenal fans in Baku already with Mkhitaryan uh, mm. names on their back, oh, really? getting pulled up by the police for inciting stuff because they've got wow. his name. It's like it's nuts. Yeah, it's properly yeah. nuts. You know, but it's a bizarre choice for a Europa final. Is there a precedent for UEFA or FIFA or any governing body changing the location of a final? Well, I don't think they can. I think it's in keeping with the kind of direction that FIFA and UEFA have gone in. And, and they may UEFA go, family. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, they go under the guise of taking football to new territories when really, but I mean, Baku was the, I think there was a thing called the, well, in athletics, there was like Europe Games or there was an equivalent. Things that get launched there usually have a certain financial and kind of political yeah. persuasion that make, makes it viable. And it's just sad that if that's the reason, but that's, that's the modern world we live in reason doesn't it what other reason could there be well again it's like looking at the qatar world cup and saying look we're taking it to a new territory that's never had it before expanding but, that family. yeah and and you know there's certainly an argument for that but perhaps the way that it's been implemented in the way you talk about they might with them um, the fact that the the visas and the fact the fans are being ostracized for and you can't fly direct from london you've got no, to I mean, go via even, moscow or somewhere and the else. airport only can can, can, yeah. can can handle what's it six thousand yeah people at a time even Russia had the good grace to uh, be nice to people for two weeks while people were out there you know like easy visas and fans weren't bothered you could drink in the streets but that's you know it's even a temporary thing like that for fans but Chelsea sent tickets back which sort of sums it up okay you might argue if you're sort of a new Chelsea fan you've seen you know lots of games and travel a lot but just for to not go to final because you basically can't get there or can't afford it it's ridiculous let's assume then let's let's pretend for a minute let's role play that that actually Spurs are in this final Mm -hmm. and one of your players has not been given essentially the licence to go and play in this country they won't won't protect you they won't guarantee your safety what would you hope your club's response would be to that have they they played it right here Arsenal tough question I mean, the, the, I think the problem with Arsenal was there's a precedent with another game that they, they I don't know which game it was. This that season. Didn't go, it was this season yeah. that he didn't go out. I think Arsenal, in hindsight, should have sort of put their foot down then and mm. go, he's an Arsenal player, this, this is ridiculous. And when you say can't um, look after his safety, what does that mean? What, he kind of a bodyguard with the whole time? Mm. Or something happened on the pitch? But presumably the most of fans there, well, you assume would be Arsenal-Chelsea, so what would kind of 
happen. I don't quite understand what it means about we can't look after no, I suppose safety. That, I suppose it's such an ambiguous phrase that you yeah. don't want to find out what that means. Yeah, and I don't know much about the conflict between them and Armenia. I've no idea. Do you know? No. We'll be covering it. We'll be covering it on a, on one of the summer podcast yeah. content yeah. series. Going to our special. <laughs> the, the yeah. politics. Let's, let's, let's look at the football then. Let's because I, I don't want to dwell on this game for too long. So it'll be been and gone by the time that some people will be listening to this. But who do we fancy for that, Mark? Um, I feel like Arsenal at the back seem a bit creaky, um, and I think Hazard would like to leave. If we, mm. you know, if we're led to believe that he, he's going to leave, and I, I think he will do, uh, I think his last game for Chelsea, he'll want to really shine in that one. So I, I think that he will be the guy. I think Giroud will start, and I think those two really work well as a pair. And I think they'll, I think they'll do it. Mike, I think it's two creaky defenses. Really, you think about the Chelsea defense as well. I think the Arsenal forward line when when he plays Lacazette and Aubameyang together are, are really, really good. Yep. And I don't think they've looked very good in the in the semi final, but they. They've got that firepower to, to score when you need to. Kante's injured for Chelsea. Uh, you can argue one of those influential players. Um, it probably means more to Arsenal because it gets them into the Champions League. Chelsea have already qualified. But then if you look at Chelsea and go, if if Chelsea hadn't got top four and lost this, would that be the end of Sarri? Do the players want to really play for Sarri? No one quite knows. Obviously, as a Spurs fan, you always go by the rule that you want any team to beat Arsenal, regardless, including Correct. Chelsea. Uh. And then if it's Chelsea, you want any team to beat Chelsea. But if you go Chelsea-Arsenal, you have to, with gritted teeth, hope for a Chelsea win. Well, it's the lesser of two evils. It is. That's it. So, well, uh, let's let be an interesting one to watch, that's for sure. Well, I think, well, I'm hoping that Chelsea win it, Sarri stays... And Lampard somehow guides us to Champions League. There you go. It, well, yes, it's so. always about Derby with you. Of course so, it is. Um, of course it is. <laughs> moving swiftly on. I think we should take a, a, a quick break. Um, before we go to that, there is a little message, I think, that's been left, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. From our, uh, from, let's have a listen. This is the Vodafone voicemail service for... The Whistleblowers. Please leave a message after the tone. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. Hello, whistleblowers. This is former host Stuart Wright and Liverpool fan ringing up for um, the Champions League preview. Um, it's been hell of a season. Um, obviously, 97 points, but still, we didn't win the league. Um, emotionally, that's draining. As a fan, I can't imagine what it's been like as a player. Um, but they seem to be pretty cool customers um, in the face of all this. And we all feared last year in Kiev when we lost that there'd be a big fallout but it was pretty clear <coughs> excuse me from the first um, what do you call it pre-season game that the lads were sort of bigger and better and tougher to beat and better at winning so I'd like to think that even with this kind of bonkers three weeks gap between the end of the season and now they're not feeling too sorry for themselves and are preparing well I believe they're in Marbella so I don't imagine there's many uh, San Miguel's going down, but I'm sure there's a chance to relax, but uh, even better, a chance to get ready for a big game. And it really feels like we, we, we're under pressure to win a trophy, or else the narrative continues to be Klopp can't win trophies, and, you know, will Liverpool ever win anything? Uh, Prediction-wise, I think if it's a crazy game, we lose 3-2 to Tottenham. If we control the game, which I know we can, and we get to do that for the whole 90 minutes, then we've a good chance of winning it. Um, 
but you know, as uh, Spurs have proven against uh, City and Dortmund and uh, Ajax, you know, in the moments which are important in football, they get the ball in the net, and uh, Liverpool's not immune from that from that kind of attacking. But you know, we have Salah, we have Firmino, we have uh, Mane, and a whole host of others. Uh, we don't have Karius in net, which, if you look back in the highlights of last year's cup final, take away the howlers. You know, maybe Bale scores that wonderful overhead kick, but, you know, Liverpool aren't chasing the game, are they? I think I may be rabbiting, and I think I was only given 60 seconds. So uh, that's my Champions League preview. Hopefully it's of um, some encouragement to Liverpool fans, but maybe not too patronising in terms of Tottenham fans that are listening to. Take care. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. All right, well, welcome back uh, with the Whistleblowers. That was ex-host Stuart Wright there, um, a Liverpool fan and a great contributor for us over the years. So just for balance, as we've got Mike you in the studio. You mentioned Sam McGill there as well. Um, good player. Other beers yeah, are available. Not as good as Watney's. Mm. It's no Watney's. It's no but Watney's. It's, it's definitely something. Um during that recording there, Mike, you uh, you laughed at one point. What was well, that? Well, I laughed when he said Spurs might win 3-2. Because most, <laughs> most Liverpool fans I've spoken to are, are so sure of a thumping victory. It was actually nice to hear Liverpool fan going, well, you know, Spurs have got a chance because most of the media uh, haven't really given us any chance. Yeah, and You so- can see why, because of how well Liverpool done in the league, only losing one game. We've lost 13 this season. So, yeah. you know. So how do you feel about this? How much stock do you place in the idea that Liverpool are the ones under pressure, given that they are, you know, the favourites to win it, and Spurs are the underdogs? And you might have a situation where, yes, Spurs haven't got the the, uh, historical record of playing in Champions League finals and the the experience of that, but that might be negated by the pressure that Liverpool are under. Yeah, I mean, I think... Just as as a narrative, there's always seems to be pressure on Pochettino winning a trophy... Klopp hasn't won a trophy for Liverpool yet, and yet that's never really talked about in the same way that Pochettino's talked about. Um, Liverpool have been magnificent this season. Um, you know, normally would have won, won the league. My kind of hope is that Tottenham this season, we had a sort of three-week break, because I think because we were meant to play Palace and Brighton, who saw in the FA Cup. We had this yeah. three-week break, and we were awful we came back. And Martin will know that players, professionals, like to have that rhythm of games. And when you have sort of enforced time off it's difficult to get going in so therefore my hope with Liverpool is that they've had this three weeks off after just going for it week in week out winning games my hope is that now we've had a rest boy we've needed a rest and we've got Kane back Winks back um, that we can give it a go and I think obviously the key will be how we set up I think if all the Spurs players are fit I see Pochettino starting with Kane and Son and Mora and playing Son and Mora wide to negate their bombing fullbacks who are absolutely wonderful. And hopefully, as an old cliche, when we get chances, we take them, which against Man City and Ajax, we largely have. Does it strike you as a, a team at Spurs that will shrink under the spotlights here? I, I hope we don't go there and get absolutely thrashed, which... <laughs> Which oh. could happen. Well, I think you never from, know. From we always concede early goals in the Champions League this season. Yeah. We've given away so many early goals. But you're goals. very good at 1 0 down. 
Yeah, and two three nil downs as we, <laughs> as we prove in the season. Let's not risk that though on, on but Saturday. The, uh, if I go on Tottenham Liverpool games the last few seasons, they've always been close. Cup two seasons ago, we thumped them four one at Wembley. Um, uh, this season we've lost twice, but the games have been close. So I think it'll, I, I think it'll be a close one. I think probably just be a goal in it. Yeah, and I hope it falls in our favour. Just to go back, Martin, to that idea of momentum of, of Liverpool playing week in week out and ending the season so strongly compared to Spurs who you know faltered towards mm. the last six weeks. As an ex-pro, would you would you be happier? Do you think it resets everything, or do you think it? It's favorable. Who's it favourable to? Well, it's interesting, as we were talking about the playoffs earlier, these games always sit outside because the prep is always very different. It's like a big cup final experience. It's, you, you have a whole different mentality towards it and there isn't, there's no backup. There's no, like, we can set this right the week after. It's all or nothing matches. And the interesting thing is seeing how Liverpool and Spurs have done in their incredible Champions League runs. But Spurs last did it away from home. You know, they did it in Ajax Stadium. They, they proved people wrong there, which is, I yeah. think, such a big it's such a big statement to go somewhere. When Liverpool did it against Bayern, Bayern were kind Barca. of... Yeah, so, no, but when they did it against Bayern uh, away, oh, sorry, when they beat yeah. them away, it, it just didn't... It wasn't quite the same razor's edge that, that Spurs have just come up against. And I think that being blooded in those matches, Liverpool have done it at home and they've done it at home you know, consistently in the Champions League. So I think taking that momentum into it is a real different sort of psyche. Because the Bernabeu, I'd imagine playing there is an incredible experience. Terrifying and incredible just because it would be such a full house. It might be different because it's not a Real Madrid team you're facing. But It's not it's, the Bernabeu though, it's the Atletico Madrid. It's oh, Atletico, Metro, sorry. Metropolitano. Um, but the, again, new, in, new intimidating, intimidating grounds yeah. uh, in Spain. Like all of the new camps the same. Any, any time you play them, whenever you watch a neutral match in those, it's always a strange environment because it does mm. feel like very much a, a, a neutral stadium. So yeah. I, think, um, I, I think that probably plays into Spurs' favour because the disappointment of losing out in the league is still... It means that oh, Liverpool have to, you know, the, to yeah. redeem this the season. This, for, is, for, this, is, for this is it season. for them. Otherwise, the season gets forgotten. But losing, losing that, extra, that extra oomph that you get from Anfield, that might mm. be huge. That could be, a, that could be a decider in this game. I think, I think I agree with you, Mike. It's going to be a tight one. Mm. And I think not being at Anfield, which is such a huge advantage for Liverpool, that, that, could, that could sway. I mean, I know everyone's saying Liverpool are going to win it. I understand that. And I like that they're so confident over there. But... If you're going to write off anyone, it's not Spurs. Spurs mm. could do it. This no, season. absolutely. Spurs re- re- they really could. They've got enough players. I, I can, I can picture it. Mm. I, I, can, hope, I, I hope can picture so. it. Also, again, you know, don't forget it's it's the Champions League final. Sixty-seven thousand capacity. Both clubs were given seventeen thousand each. There was another twenty thousand on ballots, which is normally sort of Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus fans buying the ballot. You get whatever. The rest is the UEFA family corporate stuff. I think a lot of those tickets have already been bought up by Tottenham Liverpool fans because normally when you go to these things it's just loads of suits, people not cheering. So I think there should be a good partisan atmosphere for once for a Champions League final. Um, There's uh, reportedly as well as the 17,000 Spurs fans there's reportedly another 20,000 going out to watch the game in Madrid and Spurs have sold out Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today, 62,000 watching it on the big screen. Wow. It's, it's That's incredible. You know, okay, I've always thought Spurs were a big club and always a big club in, in, in the UK, but we've done nothing in Europe well, since 1984 where we won the UEFA Cup and in the 70s and the 60s we've won it. It's, you could argue Spurs is a sleeping giant in Europe. 
and certainly now the way we've been talked about by the sort of European press is who's this club, where they come come from. You know, we're not on the sort of the Liverpool, Real Madrid, not the top Juventus. Table. No, not the top table. So, you know, I'm hoping this all goes in our favour that this yeah. is the sort of the big shock. But it's it's just so exciting to be going to see the team that I've been going since I was five years old being in their first major I can't fathom European how you no, I can't. it's utterly surreal yeah and yeah. I think that's why most Spurs fans are sort of I think I was more disappointed when we lost to Coventry in the 1987 yeah. cup final yeah. than if we lose to Liverpool because I'm kind of expecting it so I'm well, this, of, this is fantasy football, really. We used to call the we used to when we played football in the street when we were little. We used to call the curb Gary Mabbit because whenever it hit it, it would always <laughs> loop over the goalkeeper, yeah. and that forever was was kind of a, a memory of of growing up that cup yeah. final. Uh, I just want to try something with both of you, uh, just to sort of illuminate how tight I think this game will be. Uh, out of the two teams, how many Liverpool players, how many Spurs players are in your combined eleven there? Because I think this is very, very close, actually. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I think there's the more recognisable starters. Maybe the, the way that Poch has shuffled the pack a little bit mm. and and made use of his squad. I think Liverpool have really got stretched on the eleven that they wanted to play. But yeah. I'd say it's pretty much down the down the line because because you look on results, massive games, the players that turned up for Spurs put them in, in there when you might not pick them more ability wise necessarily naturally Soko being one of them Soko on, based on this season, that has team. to be has to absolutely be yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you look at the keepers I'd probably go with Alisson I'd mm-hmm. probably pick three of the back four of Liverpool yep. both full backs and, yep. and, and uh, Van Dijk mm-hmm. then maybe Toby in there alongside him then I personally would you could make an argument you go with three Spurs midfielders in there you go with Sissoko you could go with Eriksen who's mm-hmm. not been great this season but he's you know he's still been a good player. Yeah. You go with Ali. You could have a, all three mm-hmm. of them being Spurs, and yeah. then up front you can have Kane and Son. Yeah. So I, I do think it's it, this game is not cut and dried like people no, are making out. I mean, a lot minute, of match winners. There are. There are. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. The Spurs have got match winners, and you know you go if Kane's fit, he's a match winner. If Son's fit, he's a match winner. Ali. We've not even got to Lucas Mora yet, who's who scored a hat trick in a Champions League semi final. Start after scoring a hat trick in in thirty five minutes in a Champions League semi final. Yeah. It's bizarre. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Ed, we're just going to pick up on uh, the Spurs show there, Mike, as well. You, you guys doing a live podcast from the... Yeah, we're doing a live show out there. Um, the afternoon, I mean, it's sold out, so there'd be 250 Spurs fans there. Um, and um, yes, we've got hopefully some ex-players there and ex-journalists and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Is this, is this your first major, major final doing a show like that? Uh, yes, it's our first... We've certainly never done a Spurs show overseas, so um, we thought we'd give it a go. And it's—I mean, I just thought I, I thought there'd be more kind of fan events, but apart from the official UEFA stuff in the fan zones, there doesn't seem to be that much else. Sp- I mean, again, you've got to bear in mind most Spurs fans were probably arriving in Madrid at sort of seven in the morning. It's twelve <laughs> hours of solid drinking. What time do the bars open? Before- this is the most important early. question of the podcast. It'd be so like far. a nine PM kickoff. So, and it's thirty. It's gonna be thirty-one degrees that day. So it'd be nice for Spurs fans, hopefully, to come along and just have a sort of a relatively quiet couple of hours <laughs> before because you've got to pace yourself. You can't. You, know, you don't want to f- go to the Champions League and have no memory. So we're of seeing the game tactics now of the booze element of the day. Yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> um, what I found yesterday with the playoff final, so go back to Derby County again, is. Uh, the one thing you don't want at these big games is for your team to not turn up. Mm. That's the fear I think every yeah. player has. 
Certainly all the fans have that. Um, and for the first half yesterday, we, we, we didn't. And I was worried at half-time. Now, how would you reconcile that with the rest of the season if you didn't? It's not been something you've really done this well, season. Well, we're kind of used to not showing up. If you go back to Ajax first leg, right. we were lucky, lucky to only go in one goal down yeah. at half-time. They absolutely wiped the floor with us. Man City... We were, don't forget, at one stage in the second leg, we were 4-2 down yeah. in, that, in that game. Again, conceded an early goal. We've, you know, we've had so many games when we've conceded early goals and gone behind. Spurs fans are almost kind of used to that being a problem. What we've done this season in the Champions League is incredible resilience to come back. You can argue a bit of luck, the whole VAR, Aguero thing against Manchester City, the last kick of the game against Ajax. That's extraordinary. not luck. Yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, you, you, you could look at it that way. You know, but I think that's given the team and fans such belief that, you know what, this is... I think most Spurs fans, they're honest, they've always sort of thought, yeah, will I be alive if we ever win the league? We never even thought about the Champions League as they even considered yeah. that as, mm. as a possibility when you look at Real Madrid, Liverpool, Manchester United, Juventus, Barcelona. You kind of thought, well, okay, we might get past... You know, we always thought, when we got the draw against Dortmund, at the time, Dortmund were top of the Bundesliga, the best team in G- Germany. We thought, oh, we're going to struggle. Did their Man City over two legs, mm, mm. can't see it. Maybe on a Ajax, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ajax yeah. being effectively 3-0 down on aggregate. The fact we've kept coming back, Spurs fans hope, one more time. Can we yeah. just yeah. do it one more time? Can I ask, Martin, what's the biggest game you played in? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I suppose most of my campaigns were probably over over a season rather than anything so okay. played in playoff matches right, so yeah. once to get us to Wembley in, in, a, in a titanic battle with like Bristol it was 7-4 we once lost in a playoff match wow. that was over two legs but that was a proper slugfest when you're in those games you mentioned earlier that the preparation is slightly different yeah when you're actually on the pitch does it all just go out the window well, it's palpable are you, are you, you feel but it are you from thinking, the fans you feel it from everyone but are you thinking is there, is there moments where you're thinking blimey I'm in a I'm in an important game here. Or do you just, once you cross the line, do you just play a normal game? Almost. Well, the worst thing is when the time passes so quickly when you're, when you're trying to get back in the game, you're looking at the clock, you've got, you're running out of time and you're just looking and going, I haven't got enough time to fix this. You weren't because you're thinking about it all the time. You know, over a season campaign, you don't worry about those things so much as I was saying earlier, these one-offs. And the build-up can be mentally exhausting you know the, you know when you're walking around you see pit players out in the pitch and they're thinking about everything they're reading the programme notes and they're probably texting their family and doing, all those distractions can actually be just exhausting oh actually sorry as we've got Mike on the show the biggest game was probably when we beat Spurs as a Grimsby player when we beat mm-hmm. them in the Carling Cup because it was the third round mm-hmm. I always remember still. it was yeah. massive but for us at the time it was like well we're not supposed to win this so this is the yeah. biggest game that exhausted me were ones that didn't get my team into the the, the division above because right. that is just all consuming because mm-hmm. you can't walk That's down the, the street season. you can't walk down the street you know I can get beat by Spurs in the Carling Cup no no you don't have to worry about it but yeah. you can go out and and play in these playoff matches and go we could have beat them the Spurs team look very relaxed at the moment obviously Liverpool will be out there they've been in Marbella doing five or five games Spurs go tomorrow today there was training almost like open training there was 20 Tottenham legends there from the sort of 60s, 70s, 80s there they gave Sissoko an award taking photos it was very very relaxed and I think that's when you've got young players I think well I hope that has been the right thing to do not to give it this build up too long to calming the, pr- yeah. the pressure it's almost like you're going out on a obviously you know normally if it's a normal uh, Champions League game we wouldn't be going out this early but then both teams get to train on the pitch the day before 
I, hopefully the, the preparation has been just right. And the main thing with Spurs is because we've been lucky that the Champions League final has been a week later this, this season. Uh, that has obviously helped Winks and Kane yeah. being declared fit. Absolutely. Um, what are you most scared of from a, uh, a Liverpool, a Liverpool attack? <laughs> <laughs> Doing the old, oh, yeah. what pocket, what pocket, oh. Well, then you've got to buy another ticket. And, and, it, and it's been... No, they won't do duplicates. You lose your ticket, you're not in, according to what everyone's Which saying. Which is ridiculous. That's the kind of, the worry, really. That's the thing of just like, keeping hold of that. Do you have it on your pocket, front pocket, and a bag? What you do? You tattoo it. To you, face. Exactly. Yeah. The, the QR because you code. Read, you know, there's all you know the whole you know thing like guy to Madrid. You know, beware pickpockets here and there and yeah. whatever. And you do. I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. You hear that wherever you go. Of course. But that's a, look. My greatest fear in the game is we don't get thumped. If if we don't show up, concede an early goal, two three down. I can't see Liverpool. Then you don't want to go out with a whimper. Now you don't want to go out with a whimper. Let's let's you know. Make it a great game, and even yeah. if we do lose, be proud that the players Absolutely. left everything on the pitch, and it's a day that all Spurs fans will never forget. But the two league games you played, they were tight, and the, the one at Anfield, had it not been for that, what isn't it? Is that an Larice error? Is it a ter- whatever it is? It's an error at the end of the game. Mm. Had it not been for that, you, you've you've yeah, gone and taken so a point just to an absolute city near the end. Right, yeah. could have passed it to Son and didn't. Yeah, they, they are always close games. Do you think so that's that? Do you think that's those games will be? analysed to death by both coaches going up to this or did, will they take it as a completely separate event? I don't think they'll analyse that one because this is such a special one-off. I think certainly Liverpool will be looking at our weaknesses which I think at the moment our, our weakness is probably Kieran and Trippier and getting behind Trippier with their front three. I think that most Spurs fans are fearful of that. Yeah. That's why I mentioned before. And then for, for us, it's, it's their fullbacks bombing forward and that's why I think he will play uh, Mora and Son and Kane and put those two out wide to stop them bombing forward I think that's what probably happen tactically yeah. and then as you mentioned before Liverpool great Liverpool I think have got on paper much much better defence than us but then again two seasons ago we thumped them 4-1 at Liverpool and, and they didn't know what hit them and I think what's happened to the Champions League this season with Spurs they've had these sort of golden 10 minutes that we scored too quickly against mm. Dortmund, too quickly against Manchester City away, uh, two, you know, two or three quickly against Ajax. I'm hoping that happens in this final and when that golden moment comes, we put the ball on at least yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. Well, I'm, genuinely, this is a really exciting one. But as a neutral, I, I, I can't wait for it. An I'm, amazing way to end the season. Yeah. It's been a fantastic season, but what, a, what an incredible way to end it. And the more amazing way to end the podcast for the season is to ask you both the predictions. Uh, Martin, I'm going to go with you first. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm, I'm gonna... Let's let's start with the Europa game first. Europa yeah, League. Europa game, I'd, I'd say that the, uh, Chelsea probably got the better of them, as, as we were saying, maybe 2-0 Chelsea. 2-0 Chelsea, Mike? Sadly, sadly, I've got this awful feeling that Arsenal are going to win. Uh, <laughs> I've got an awful feeling they're going to just... <laughs> Win probably three one. Three wow. Yeah, okay. I've got a bad feeling about it. I'm going to go with uh, Chelsea on penalties and the big one, Champions League. Mike, we'll start with you. Oh, God Almighty. Hardcore God. Spurs fan, Mike Lee. I hope people are listening. It will be. <laughs> we win three two after extra time. Okay, great. That's a great prediction. Grits. Yeah, I fancy. I'm sorry, Mike. Fancy Liverpool for this one. Just to, just with the way that things have gone this season, yeah. I just think I, I just can't see them can't see them missing out here but uh, who knows but I do fancy Liverpool maybe 3-1 I-, I want Spurs to win so I'm going to go with the Liverpool win because it always goes wrong for me. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go two- spoken like a true Derby fan <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll go 2-1 Liverpool 
but only because of a dodgy sending off. Yeah. I've, gone, I've gone pretty specific. Wow. Very specific. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that is it for this week's Champions League special from the Whistleblowers. Uh, Martin Gritton, thanks for being here, as yeah. always. Yeah, thanks, Mark. That's all right. And Mike Lee, thank thanks you very for joining much. Us. Thank you. Cheers. Till next time and uh, next season, I guess. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.